I'm thankful to be able to be here tonight. Um, the Cottle household <laughs> has had quite the year, but there's not been one time that we've felt alone. Um, God's been there uh, every step. He's been good, and I have no need to complain. I love the Lord. I've served him for a long time. And you know, we never know what life's going to bring our way. I tell uh, my class, I am now teaching the high school class, and by the way, <laughs> any of you that do not attend Sunday school, we sure would like to have you. You're missing a blessing. You truly are. Um, I know we get the idea it's for the little ones. No, it's not. It's for all of us. Um, I'm a Sunday school superintendent. Can you tell? <laughs> but I've always had a burden for the Sunday school. My folks, and I hadn't intended to even say this tonight, my folks took me and my oldest sister, who's 17 months older than me, we attended, can you hear? We attended um, Sunday school as children. My mother and dad were not saved, but they never missed. And I asked mother one time, I said, how in the world, because they were in Brother Maggard's class, I said, how did you go Sunday after Sunday and remain the way you were? And mom said, oh, it was hard. <laughs> but my, young, my oldest sister and I, we prayed as little girls. That's why I want to tell you, Sunday school is important. As little girls, I don't remember what was said, but I knew my folks weren't saved. I know the teachers didn't stand up there and rant and rave like, your folks ain't saved, they're wicked. Never heard that. But as a child, I knew my folks weren't saved. And Gail and I began to pray for them as little girls. We prayed our mother and dad would get saved. When I was in the sixth grade, God honored that prayer. And my folks got saved. And we were in church then for sure. They never went back on God. And I'm so thankful for the heritage I have. But as I said, it, Sunday school's for all of you. And oh, I wish you'd take it on your heart. Sunday school's dying. It really is. And if we don't pick it up, it's going to be gone. I don't want to be the one guilty of that. Um, then, that ain't even in my notes. But there, there it is. But uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the way that God's been with us. I'm so thankful for the way he's moved on my husband. Um, in July, we had some news that wasn't good. But it was false news. And I told my husband, I said, well, two things happened. Either God healed you or the doctors were wrong. Take your pick. But God's been good. And as I said, I, I just have a lot to thank God for. So much to thank God for. When I was thinking about tonight, uh, as I said, I teach the high school class. And I think the only one of my kids that are here might be Connor. Um, but anyway... I told him, I said, well, get prepared, because some of the stuff we talked about Sunday, I'm going to talk about again, because the Lord told me to. The last few weeks, Christmas, has been on, I think, everyone's mind. I know mine. Um, 
it's a very busy time of the year, I think especially for the ladies, very busy time. Uh, a lot's expected out of us, especially if you know how to cook, a lot's expected out of you. And uh, my daughter just informed me she wants to bring her six children over and do cookies. <laughs> that kind of went on in my plans for this week, but it is now. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was thinking about Christmas and how the world, a big percentage of the world, tries to do Christmas without Christ. Um, they like the idea of Christmas without Christ. And it, it's all about parties. It's all about drinking, gifts, festivities, decorations. And I know I, I worked for the bank for mm, seven or eight years, and I know uh, the bosses, I don't they thought the rest of us were ignorant or what, but they would sneak in a bottle in the back room, and then the heads of departments would go in there and get a drink, you know, the day before the bank closed for Christmas. And thus I said, the world likes to do Christmas without Christ. And we as Christians like to bring Christ into it. Now I know, and I think most of you know this, Christmas was rooted in pagan, it was pagan. If you go back, and I don't want to make a big study of that tonight, that's not my motive, but if you go back, uh, December 25th, I know, was the birthday of two sun gods. And Christmas was turned around, and I don't have a problem with that. I enjoy Christmas. And I think it's a good opportunity for the church to present Christ. Everybody wants to talk about Christmas. Well, let's talk about Christ. I think it's a good opportunity. That's my opinion. You may have a different one, and that's okay. But I'm up here. <laughs> um, I thought about... Who celebrates Christmas? Mean people, nice people, in-between people, grumpy people, happy people, sad people, young people, old people. They get into it, right? Celebrating Christmas. And as I said, we make it a time of trying to remember and remind people about the birth of Christ, our Savior. That's our motive during Christmas. And as I said, I believe we're all very familiar with the story in Luke and Matthew. In the New Testament, that's where you're going to find it. Luke and Matthew. Now, as we know, and I think I will read some, in, but Gabriel, the angel, was sent to Zacharias, the priest. Sent there, and he told Zacharias, your wife's going to have a baby. Now, Elizabeth wasn't too young. I don't believe anywhere it tells us how old she was, but she was not expecting that news by any stretch of the imagination. And when the angel, of course, told John, we all know this story. John doubted. He didn't know how it could be possible. And he doubted. And if you remember what the angel said, well, okay. You're not going to be able to speak then. But the baby you're going to have, you're going to name him John, which we know was John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ. Now, this, this same angel, six months later, and you know this story. You're thinking, Sister Kathy, we all know this. I know you do. 
But six months later, Gabriel comes to a virgin and says, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to call this baby Jesus. This baby, this baby is God's son. Now here again, Mary's like, hmm, okay, I believe what you said, but I don't know how it's possible. I'm not, I've never been with a man. I know how these things work. And, uh, and the angel said, hey, told her the story, the Holy Ghost. Now, you think about this. Mary was a poor girl, no prestige. She was a poor girl. Now, here's Gabriel saying, you're going to have God's son. Hmm. But she believed it. She believed it. But what about poor Joseph? I mean, can you imagine this story? And back then, I told my kids Sunday, you know, when you were betrothed back then, it was serious. And it was like you were already married, even though a lot of times it was a year before you actually came together. But once you were betrothed and that commitment was made, it held. It held. He was the one that had the power to put her away because legally she was his wife. And here she is, she's pregnant. By what? By who? Really? I mean, think about it. I mean, you're going to have God's son? Um, hmm. And if we study this, it's told she was probably around 15 years old. What a story. But she believed it, and it happened, and then she had to try to convince. I can't even imagine telling your parents that, your fiancé. Hmm. I mean, what a story. Now we move on, and you know this story. Christ was born in a stable, a barn, a manger. I'm going to put that up there. You think, why are we doing flannel graphs, Sister Kathy? I do have a point. I do flannel graph for the little ones. Yeah, cool. See, he likes it. I don't know how well you can see it, but here's the manger with the baby in it. And Mary, they're in Bethlehem. We'll put Joseph up there, too. I think he'd like to be here. So Joseph's there. Here we are, the birth of the Christ child. This thought came to me. I wonder what heaven was like that day that Christ left. Think about it. Christ is leaving. He's been always. He's leaving. He's going to become flesh in the womb of a human. God's son. He's leaving the angels. He's leaving his throne. He's leaving his father. I, that just hit me. I thought, I wonder what heaven, what the angels, what that day was like. Jesus is leaving. He's going where? He's going to do what? 
thought of that. A young girl, a stable, a manger, a plan. I have a hard time even talking about this part. Always, 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 always. Did you get that? Always. Behind this manger scene was always this. This is what was always there. Always. Behind the manger was this because this is what he was coming for. That precious, snuggly, wonderful baby. And you know how y'all are, especially women. When a baby is born, everybody wants to hold it. Everybody wants to snuggle it. Everybody wants to cuddle it. This precious baby was coming for this. That's what he was coming for. That's what he was coming for. And when I think about that, ask my husband, because I make him listen to it when I have to do something like this, bless his heart. And I break down because I think of that. This is what he came for. And as I said, Christ had always been. Genesis, when it says, let us make man in our image, is plural. It's plural. He was there. He was there. He was with God. He was in heaven. He wanted for nothing. The angels were there. Why would he leave all that? Why? Think about it. There's only one answer. Love. It's the only answer. Love. Love for you and love for me. That's the only reason he left it. It was God's plan. Remember the girl, the stable, the manger, the plan. Always the plan. The cross was always the plan. And as I said, you know this story. And if you go to um, one thing I really thought was uh, very good is in um, where it talks about Zacharias and Elizabeth, it says they were righteous people. They obeyed the commandments and ordinances of God. When God wants to use somebody, he looks for righteous people. Don't necessarily look for the strong or the weak, the good-looking or the bad. He looks for the ones that are willing to obey, to be able to come into subjection to his will, to his way. That's what he's looking for. That's what he looks for in us. That's what he looks for in us. If you're willing to be subject unto what he wants. Jesus became flesh. And I think we will read that. It's in uh, Philippians 2. 5, 3, 11, and it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, 
and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Remember when I said that he had always been? If you go to the Gospels, John, the first chapter, it talks about him there. It talks about him being the word and being with God. He has always been. And like I said, it's mind-boggling to think what he was willing to do for us. To start, as we all did, in the womb of a woman, growing, maturing. And I thought of this. He had never bled before. He was in heaven. He'd never bled before. Think about that. But he became flesh. And I will guarantee you, I think sometimes, I don't know if we think Christ never was a child. We all were children. And I did some pretty stupid, crazy things as a child. It's a wonder me and my sister and my cousin survived. I, I sometimes wonder how we did, the dumb things we did. But I'm thinking... I'll guarantee you, he scraped his knees and his elbows. I'll guarantee he did. He was a kid. He was a child. He played. I'm sure, you ever had somebody when you're playing give you a good push? You're, you're doing fine until so somebody shoves you. Then you topple over. That's kids. That's kids. But I thought about this. His father, Joseph, was a carpenter. I just wonder if Jesus ever hit his finger with a hammer. You ever think about that? I think sometimes we forget that he came in the flesh. I think we forget this. I think we forget. And we need to be reminded. He had never been dirty before. You ever known a kid that was never dirty? <laughs> I was queen of the dirt when I was a kid. But I loved to be dirty. My grandparents both had big farms, and who did I love them farms? I could tell you stuff, but I'm not going to. But anyway, he had never been dirty. He's in the flesh now. He had never been tired before. God doesn't sleep. He had never been sleepy. He had never been hungry. Things have changed now. He's in the flesh. He's in the flesh. He had never been made fun of. Ever been made fun of? If you haven't been, then wow. <laughs> he had never been mocked. He had never been spit on until now. The creator came down to earth and he became flesh. He dwelt among us. He was and he is God. 
thought about that. He was so willing to come down. The very creation, the very one he came for and to, was rejecting him. They were rejecting him. And I had read something similar to this years ago, but think about it. He made the womb he was going to be carried in, Mary's. He made the womb that Judas would be carried in. Mm -hmm. He allowed the trees to grow, because I don't know if it was one or more trees, from which the beams of his cross would be made. And I thought of that. You ever think that maybe he watched that tree grow, knowing what it was going to be used for? He knew. He knew. He allowed the iron ore to be put in the ground, knowing his nails would be fastened, fashioned from that and be used to pierce him. But he allowed it. Think of this, what he allowed, what he knew, and why he did it. This is the Christmas story. He had allowed all of his tormentors, his false accusers, the Roman soldiers, Pilate, to be born and to reach adulthood knowing what they were going to do, knowing. Why? Because he loves us. Because he still loves us. Because that babe in the manger came for this reason. That's why he came. I love Christmas. I love celebrating the birth. But always with that in mind, I realize the real, if you want to call it a celebration, and that's probably not a good word to use, was going to be the cross. Because that's where I was going to gain access to God. That's where I was going to gain access. Not from the manger, but from the cross. That's where I would be able to be united with my father. The Christmas story. He loves us, and he still does. He came to show us God in the flesh. Came to show us God in the flesh. As I said, he suffered like we do. He knows how you feel. He knows what it's like to be disappointed. I thought of that. He knows what it's like to be disappointed. Look at his disciples. He knew what it was like to have somebody he loved betray him. Have somebody he trusted act like they didn't know him. He knows. He knows what you're feeling. He knows. And I think sometimes we forget that. When we're going through a hard trial, I think sometimes we forget that he knows. 
He knows. He understands. Even when we don't understand, he does. He does. He knows what physical pain feels like. I can't imagine that cross pain. I can't. He knows what mental pain feels like. He went through it. Study his life. And do you remember, and I'm sure you do, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed, Father, can it pass? Can it? He knows what it's like to have to face something that you really are afraid of. And you say, Sister Kathy, he wasn't afraid. I believe he was. He wasn't afraid of the pain I would have been. What he was afraid of was that separation from God. And I've told the kids so many times, if Christ was afraid of that separation from God that he knew was just going to be temporary, how much should we fear that eternal separation which will go on without end? That should scare us to death. Christ didn't even want to face it for the little period of time he had to when God turned from him. Christ dreaded that with a passion. He knows. He suffered in all points, and he cares. You know how I know that? Because he came flesh, became flesh and dwelt among us. Again, the manger. But always that cross was in the background because that was the real reason for him coming. This thought arises. Humble yourself, myself before the one who humbled himself for you. He humbled himself. He left heaven. I can't even imagine. It's personal because he's a personal God. He's personal. He's not a God that's afar off. And that to me is wonderful to think. He's not a God far off. He cares about me. He cares about you. And something was mentioned about this. God made you on purpose for a purpose. Everybody. You've got a purpose. And you might think your purpose isn't very big, but if it's God's purpose, that's all it needs to be, big or small. God's got a purpose for each one of us, every stage of our life. Older now. I'm an elder now. Mm. Didn't take long to get here. <laughs> Thought it would take longer, <laughs> but it's here. I'm at a different stage in my life, but God still has a purpose for us. He has a purpose. The Christmas promise is this. We have a Savior, and his name is Jesus. And when I thought of that thought, you know, just in the song that came to me, 
And the angel called him Jesus. Mary called him Jesus. But do you know what I call him? I call him Lord. I call him Lord. The Christmas story. I call him Lord. I'm so thankful I can call him Lord. In the manger, God loves you. Through the cross, God saves you. Simple thoughts, maybe. But as I thought about Christmas and what it means, I thought about God's done for each and every one of us. It had to start with the baby because Christ was going to come up through every stage just like us and know what it was like. He knows what we go through. He knows our struggles. And he cares. I had um, a burden that had really been placed on me weeks ago and it has just escalated and I was when I do that and I'm sure like you do you don't sleep you sleep for a little while then you wake up and you think about it and you pray about it and you hope you can go back to sleep but a lot of times you can't and last night I was really struggling with this situation and I prayed and I prayed and I thought and I thought and I prayed and I told my husband, finally, after quite a it just, peace came. The problem hasn't been resolved. As far as I know, I don't know. But I got peace. I found peace. And like I said, as far as I know, the situation hasn't been resolved. But I gave it to God. Now, I'm not saying I ain't going to struggle some more with it. <laughs> but I realized that God was very much aware of my struggle because I'm his child. And the more I talked to him and the more I tried to straighten it out or think it out and figure it out, God just brought a peace to me. It's in God's hands. Sometimes it's so hard to leave it there. Oh, sometimes it's so hard to leave it there. But I have confidence in my Father, in my Savior. He's aware of it. And he knows how to fix it. And I don't. I don't have a clue. I don't have a clue. But he does. And I thought, what a wonderful gift. What a wonderful gift. From the manger to the cross. What a wonderful gift. What God did for us. And the reason we have Christmas, I could say more, but I think I've said enough. God's good. God's so good. And I'm so glad that he was willing to do this. And I know, looking at y'all, you pretty much, I think all of you have believed this, but I'm thankful that we can see beyond the manger to the cross. So, thank the Lord.
and I wish you a Merry Christmas, a blessed Merry Christmas. That's what I wish for all of you. Does anyone have anything to say before? Because we're going to dismiss. I don't think it's very late. Oh, you're going to get out early. If no one has anything, Pendeli. All right, Pendeli's going to do a song. All right. I love this girl. I told her mom I'd take her if she wants to get rid of her, but Sister Stickle wasn't having any of it. So I don't get her. This is one of the songs that the GBS choir has been singing, and I've never sang it on my own, so we'll see how this goes. Just a cradle in the shadow of a cross. Just a cradle in the shadow of a cross. Little Born in a manger, just a cradle in the shadow of a cross. T'was the night that God looked down upon his son. T'was the night that God looked down upon his son, little son Jesus, born in a manger, t'was the night that God looked down upon his son. Oh, the shepherd lads were bending the how the little lambs were all trying to see the Passover lamb. Born in a manger just to give his life for little sheep like me. From the cradle to the cross, to David's throne. From the cradle to the cross, to David's throne. Little King Jesus, born in a manger, coming back someday to claim me. He's coming back someday to claim me. He's coming back someday to claim me for his own. Thank you, Penn Daly. We, we couldn't have planned that better. That song goes perfect with this lesson. Dear Father, we come before you tonight with thankful hearts. God, we are just so thankful, Lord, we have a place to gather. Lord God, we thank you for each one of our brothers and sisters. Lord, you know all the burdens that are even represented in this room. God, you're very much aware of it. And Lord, we just bring these burdens to you, these situations to you. And we ask God that you would just take control. And Lord, we just ask that you would help us to ever submit to your will, to be everything you would have us to be. 
God, we are so thankful that you sent Christ to die for us, Lord, that what a beautiful, beautiful Christmas time is, but we are so thankful it just didn't end there in Bethlehem in a manger, but Lord, it continued, Lord, and we thank you for that. We just ask now that you'd be with us, that you'd help us, go with us, protect us uh, to our homes. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.